0: Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. This is Wednesday, June 9th, and I am so glad that you guys are here today. I hope that you're encouraged by what God is doing because the Lord is always at work. He is at work and he's not stopped. He's actually, he's doing amazing things. We're gonna talk a little bit about what God's doing, talk about the news, and I'm gonna encourage you from the word of God. Stick around. I think you're gonna be encouraged. So lots of stuff happening. I continue to broadcast to you from Kansas City. A lot of you guys have been asking if I'm gonna do a meet and greet. That wasn't on the schedule. And so if we do something, I will let you guys know. It'll probably be a last minute thing for security reasons. We typically don't put those things out there very far in advance. But if we decide to do something uh, here in beautiful Kansas City, I will definitely let you guys know. wanna say thank you so much for your prayers for our family as we continue to do the thing that we're doing out here on the road. I wanna say thank you to Kim from South Carolina who wrote to tell me how she's getting off the bench. She said, hey, Heidi, thanks so much for your encouragement. To keep it short, here's a list. One, I attended a GOP reorganization meeting in my county, and now I'm the second VP and a delegate for the country from my voting precinct. Woot, woot, I love that, Kim, way to go. She said, there's interesting stuff going on at the local level, and there's drama there. Wow, I'll tell you what. drama in my district too. I get it. Two, I'll be speaking at a local homeschool conference on June 26th. My session is titled Managing the Munchkins Homeschooling Multiple Ages. Three, I've written chapter one of a book that Jesus laid on my heart. It's a story of how he's grown my faith over the past 20 years. So Kim in South Carolina off the bench, thank you for telling me that stuff. If you guys want to tell me how you are getting off the bench, you can go to com forward slash mailbox Monday and we might read your story on the air. We wanna hear from you. So thank you so much, Kim. You guys, God has something he wants you to do. This is the Lord of Heaven's armies. He is not unaware of what's happening. He is very aware. He loves you. He loves you. And this needs to be the message that's on the heart of every single person that's listening to this today. You guys are loved and God is something he wants you to do, right? You're called to be salt and light. When I wanna say thank you for the people who are supporting this financially. You guys are helping us be salt and light. Beverly from Virginia, Jessica from Michigan. Wow, you guys, thank you for your continued support of this ministry. It is such an encouragement to us. You guys can support us financially. I will link back to how you can do that in the show notes today. Some of you guys remember, the story that's in 2 Samuel chapter 15. I'm gonna read just a little bit uh, to you. It says, now David had been told, Atithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. So David prayed, Lord, turn Atithophel's counsel into foolishness. And when David arrived at the summit where the people used to worship God, where the man was to meet him, he tore his robe and threw dust on his head. You see, as David abandoned Jerusalem, he covered his head and he went barefoot to the top of the Mount of Olives. And his counselor had gone over to Absalom's side. So on the way up the mountain, he prayed that the counselor's counsel would be turned into foolishness. And when he reached the top, he saw Hushai and he tore his clothing and dusted on his head. And this indicated his grief at what was happening. Do you guys feel grief at what's happening? You see, Hushai was one of David's counselors also. And because he was old, he couldn't travel quickly like David's men. And so David realized that his prayer had been answered. So he sent Hushai back to Jerusalem to oppose the counsel of Hathipathel. His crazy names, Hathipathel. <laughs> My kids and I read this the other day and we had a lot of fun with it. But that's for another podcast. Anyway, it was a dangerous assignment, but he took it because he was a willing servant of the king. You guys, when we come before the Lord, we often, and and now especially as we see what's happening around us, it's so important that we surround ourselves with wise counsel. And when we pray, we often say, Lord, answer us quickly. And he often does. And if we're not watching, and if we're not expecting an answer to be sent, you guys, it's really easy to miss it. You see, the answer to David's prayer was not as he might've imagined. And I think that's true in all of our lives, isn't it? We asked the Lord to show us, Lord, how do you want me to be involved? How can I get off the bench and onto the battlefield? And the Lord might show you something that you never thought he would show you. I never thought in a million years that I would run for Congress. But the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. And it's not about the outcome. Although we know the outcome that we would want, it needs to be about what God wants. And we need to be alert and listening to the Lord because God is going to give us instructions. And this is why we've got to be listening for his voice, attuned to his spirit, and expectantly waiting for an answer. So this prayer of David's and God's immediate answer was so awesome because it turned the whole course of the future and it was a factor in saving David's house and the throne. So don't miss God's answers to prayer that are prompted by the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing to read God's word and recognize that he's always at work. God's not up in heaven right now, scratching his head, looking around going, I cannot believe what is going on in the United States. I can't believe what's happening in Israel. No, the Bible teaches us that God has a plan and a purpose and that we are part of that plan, that God works through human beings. He wants to use you. He has something that he wants you to do. And it's a privilege to serve the Lord. It's a privilege to be an ambassador for him, isn't it? It's a privilege to say, Father, thank you that you've given me the opportunity to speak into the world right now and to be the salt and light that you've called us to be. Because that's exactly what it is. Instead, we often let fear determine our decisions and determine whether or not we're willing to get out in front of it. But the Bible teaches us that fear is a spirit. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And as God's people have come have fallen victim to the kryptonite of the, of the spirit of this age, which is fear, that's what we've learned. We'll do almost anything to feel quote unquote safe, even though it's a farce and a lie. The Bible says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind or in some translations, sound judgment. And as we've moved away from that, we've watched, haven't we? As our power, love, and sound judgment has gone right out the window. It's fear that often keeps us from engaging the culture. And sometimes I think it handicaps us so that we can't even show our children how to use their own voices and escape a prison of fear. This is not what we want. It's not what we want. You guys need to refuse to be ruled by the spirit of fear which often manifests itself right in the spirit of rejection. We fear rejection in almost every form of human interaction. There are men and women who have given their lives for the freedom that we enjoy in this country. There are men and women who have given their lives for the sake of the gospel. And here in the United States, in this generation and around the world, we're afraid of being unfriended on Facebook. And that's the truth. And speaking of Facebook, I'm still banned from there. Oh, Facebook. The Apostle Paul telling us exactly how to deal with the fear of man, which by the way, in Proverbs says, is a snare. The fear of man is a snare. So here's Paul in Ephesians chapter six. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Why? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So the next time those people print lies about you, just remember of the spirit that's behind it pray. There's power in prayer. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And as this as this age, as the age of grace draws to a close and we begin to see prophecies coming, prophecies being fulfilled, I'm going to remind you that the battle around you is going to intensify. And we need to establish a beachhead, a beachhead for truth and a beachhead for righteousness. That means we're gonna have to open our spiritual eyes. Father, what do you see? Lord, what what do you want me to see? What is it that I need to see? Remember, we used to sing, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I wanna see you. So the question is, Lord, what, what do you need me to see? What is my assignment? How am I supposed to be salt and light in this generation? The Lord will show you. Some of you have been going, I don't know what God wants me to do. I see what's happening around me, but I feel more intimidated by it than inspired. I'm not sure how God wants me to respond. And so my question then becomes, what breaks your heart? What makes you cry out to God? What makes you so aware of the brokenness around you that you wish you could do something about it? Chances are pretty good that that's where God wants you to become part of the healing. Hey, you guys, you have probably heard by now that I am running for the United States House of Representatives to represent District 3 in Washington State, and I wanted to let you know that there are a couple ways that you can help us. First of all, follow me on all of my campaign social media platforms. You can find Heidi St. John for Congress at Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram, and of course, sign up to get on the mailing list at Heidi St. John for Congress. We are up against a very big second quarter fundraising deadline right now, and we need you to donate to the campaign. Every little bit helps. And so you guys have heard me say before, it takes a lot of money to run a campaign like this. And there's some very important things coming up. If you go to the website, HeidiStJohnForCongress.com, you can find out exactly how to donate. And I would so appreciate that. Also, you can volunteer. And we need volunteers from all over the country. We need prayer volunteers. And you can sign up to be on our prayer team at Congress.com. You can complete the volunteer form there and you can join my fight for the soul of America. Again, you guys, that website is com. Now, I had a, a, a listener write in the other day and she she said, you know what? This is all, it's not gonna end well. And actually she's right about that. Why? Because we, well, we know that the Bible tells us it's not. We know that Israel is gonna be attacked by nations from the North. The United States isn't mentioned anywhere. Uh, as even being around in the end times. So something's gonna happen to this country. But in the middle of all of this, because we don't know God's timetable, we are called to stand for righteousness, to continue to do good, to continue to be a blessing and a steward of the gospel message. And you need to remember that you are a steward of the message. You're not responsible for the outcome. You're a steward of the message. Paul understood that. And it was part of what gave him joy. Paul was really hard to get down, by the way. Paul, living in the time of terrible cruelty against Christians, you know, they were hanging Christians upside down and putting them on posts at the city gates so that people could see what you do and do not do. And the Romans said, You can't talk about your faith anymore, basically. You know, we're going to put you on quarantine. You're, we're locking you down. And Paul's like, Nope. He said, Fine, we're going to put you in prison. He said, That's fine. To live is Christ. That means as long as I live, I proclaim the truth for from as many places as God will give me breath to do it. And they said, fine, we're going to kill you. And he said, okay, fine. To die is gain. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Is that our response to what's happening in the culture? To live is Christ. To die is gain. Is that our response? You guys, there are things that are worth dying for. There are things that are worth going to jail for. I believe our freedom is worth dying for. I think the men and women that have died to secure our freedoms in this country and around the world, we just celebrated D-Day a couple of days ago. There are things that are worth dying for. And you know what? If your identity is not rooted in what people write about you in magazines or the things that they try to say to embarrass you, you're gonna be okay. If your identity is Christ, you're gonna be okay. Because you know that at the end of the day, this world is not your home. You seek a city whose architect and builder is God. And when He put a label on you, the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the the Lord of Heaven's Armies, the Creator of the universe, the one who loves you and knows you and calls you by name, put a label on you, and you are the label redeemed. And when the Creator labels you, no one can relabel you. So no matter what you read about in the news, no matter what horrible stories. And there's a lot of them. You can trust the Lord. You can trust him. His mercies are new every morning. And I'm going to encourage you today, as you consider getting off the bench and onto the battlefield, I'm going to just encourage you, find your identity in Christ. The Bible said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Speaking of what's going on in the country, I mentioned I mentioned D-Day and we've been talking about what's been happening, interesting that uh, President Biden, and this is just a window. You know, I realize you know, people can make mistakes, but he failed to acknowledge the anniversary of, of D-Day. And when a commander in chief fails to honor the sacrifice of those who have fought to preserve freedom, people are gonna pay attention. And it was the 77th anniversary of D-Day just this past Sunday. And he got in trouble for not for not doing it. And in fact, there was a quote from one of the veterans. He says, as a veteran, I find it reprehensible that the president ends his speeches with God bless the troops, which now soon to be in words only and blatantly forgot to acknowledge the tremendous sacrifice of our greatest generation. This was an Afghan and Iraqi war veteran telling Fox News. And uh, PJ Meady reported, that the snub would seem particularly noteworthy because Joe Biden exploited a story published in the Atlantic in September claiming that President Trump didn't want to visit the American Seminary near Paris in 2018 because the troops who died there were quote losers and quote suckers, which you know wasn't true. And anyone who knows anything about President Trump knows he would never say that. He loves our military. And I think it's interesting. The Bible talks about, by the way, Uh, I saw Pastor Brett Metter talking uh, about this from Athey Creek Church the other day. The Bible talks about how there will be much, much, much lies, many lies and delusions in the last days. And what we're seeing from our mainstream media and what we're seeing on social media, particularly for, you know, if you're a conservative, it's amazing to me that Facebook could lock me out of my account. Uh, We're gonna see more and more and more of this as the spirit of the age wraps his nasty tentacles around different parts of our country and the church still has a responsibility to shine. The joy of the Lord is where we, where we should always live. Anyway, you would think that Joe Biden's willingness to exploit a false story about Trump over the respect for those who fought and died would mean that he'd never snub the brave men who fell on D-Day. Guys, we lost roughly 25,000 Americans that day. But he did, which makes his fake outrage at Trump over the fake story in the Atlantic seem even more contrived than it did at the time. It's amazing to me what's happening in in the country right now. And I'm watching it every single day with a fair amount of, I guess, bewilderment would be the right word. And I'm hoping that that you guys are doing your homework. I hope you picked up a copy uh, Vody Bacham's book, Fault Lines, where he's talking about critical race theory, for goodness sake. There's a, another really awesome article and I will link back to it. I hope you guys are reading good news. There are actually some good news, not very many, but there are some good news outlets out there. And critical race theory, you guys, is a cancer. You, you saw that I had Ryan Bomberger on the show talking about this. It's it's an it's very it's poisonous, it's, it's it's noxious. Think of like noxious gas. That's critical race theory. It's never gonna bring healing, it only creates a greater divide. And I spoke about it in Illinois, and a woman came up to my desk and she said, systemic racism is real. I said, prove it. Show me. I said, I spend my life. Uh, traveling this great country. Are there pockets where racism exists? Yes. There There are pockets where pedophiles exist, too. There are pockets where thieves exist. That's why they call them dens of thieves. But is America systemically racist? No, but it will be after critical race theory is done with it. Last week, there was a black Amazon delivery driver who sucker punched an elderly white woman. After the victim rejected the driver's snide remark about her quote, white privilege of getting annoyed while waiting for a package, he sucker punched her. A few months back, a guy from Yale, a lecturer there, spoke about her fantasies of shooting people in the head, any white person, she said, that got in her way. And the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, complained that too many of the journalists reporting about her were white. This is racism. And you guys need to remember where racism came from. Remember that we we talk, I've talked about this ad nauseum, so I'm not going to sit on it a lot. But I want you guys. To, this needs to be at the front of your thinking because they're trying to put this in every public school in the country. This is a Marxist line of thinking. Marxists actually. Uh, invented this in 1989, in order to upend society by claiming that hidden racism pervades American institutions. So CRT teaches people to seize on any racial disparity as de facto proof of racial discrimination, despite the clear prohibitions on racial discrimination that have have been written into federal law. So, what they believe is that the American uh, America, that our status quo here is racist, if not white supremacist. So, extreme measures must be taken to reverse historic injustices. And that's the only anti racist option. And you heard Joe Biden in a ridiculous speech the other day, or at least I heard it, saying that systemic racism was the greatest threat to our national security. No, you know what the greatest threat to our national security is right now? That would be Joe Biden. That would be Joe Biden. It certainly isn't systemic racism in our country. But you guys, we need to stand up against it. You need to stand up against what is happening to our country, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. You guys, critical race theory is driving classroom policy and even classroom instruction. There's a superintendent in Beaverton, Oregon, who suggested that teachers who disagree with anti-racism, quote, I'm saying that in quotes, who disagree with critical race theory should work somewhere else. He said that he wants the message to get out there that CRT isn't optional anymore. The Biden administration's endorsed critical race theory and they're implementing it in their policies. And get this, you guys a COVID 19 loan forgiveness program specifically aimed to quote, help socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers who are Black, American, Indian, Hispanic, Alaskan Native. Asian American and Pacific Islanders. But the white Midwestern farmers who are like, hello, they're now suing the administration for discrimination. Good for them. Why? Because they were denied equal treatment. Why? Because of the color of their skin. If that's not racist, I don't know what is. We need to start speaking out against this. It's wrong and wildly against the founding of this nation. It's it's wildly unconstitutional to put CRT in everything. And I hope you guys will join me in lifting your voices against it wherever your voice can be heard. I'm out of time for today. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and your neighbors for shooting it out there on social media. Goodness knows I can't do it because I have been locked out of my account. Speaking of my account, you can find my run for Congress at Heidi St. John for Congress.com and you can find me at Real Heidi St. John. That is Uh, my big account, which I have not been able to get verified for years and years, and now I'm locked out of my account. Also, I'm more active on Instagram right now because of my lockout, so you guys can also find me there. Thank you so much for following us in our tour around the country. Don't forget, I will be at Homeschool Iowa. On the 18th and 19th of this month in Des Moines, you guys are gonna wanna come out for that. It's gonna be awesome and you're not gonna wanna miss it. So come on out to Homeschool Iowa. I cannot wait to see you guys. You guys, the Lord is doing big and good things. He's doing wonderful things. And I'm gonna end today with a quick story from Beth who got off the bench in Ohio. She said, Heidi, our small town passed an ordinance to become a sanctuary city for the unborn last week. I took a public stand and spoke at the city council meeting before it passed. Thank you for your encouragement to get off the bench. And she put that video in here. I'm gonna put it out in the show notes today. Beth, good job, way to get off the bench. Also, thank you for Rachel giving to this podcast, Rachel in South Carolina, who said, Heidi, I'm a new homeschooling mom to a four and six-year-old, and I'm truly encouraged by your podcast. Thank you so much. She said, I enjoyed the information on Critical Race Theory. Thank you for your ministry. It brightens my day every time I listen. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thank you for your financial support. You guys brighten our day. Thanks for sharing this podcast, for leaving reviews for it at iTunes and for my books, wherever books are sold. We love you guys. Stay out there, stay off the bench, get into the culture. God has something he wants you to do. You guys have a wonderful day. You're gonna love tomorrow's podcast. I'm coming back with a special guest. I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.